Some of you, some of us, we feel like, man, I'm just living in these moments of insignificance. Just living in these points of what is the point of what I'm doing, where I'm going? God, what is the point of the season that you've had me in? Uh, I am so excited. I'm trying to contain it on the inside. Because the story that we were going to bring this morning is the story of Saul. Let's bring it. Y'all can stay, sit, leave, I don't know. Y'all can be seated. Y'all, yeah, y'all can, they're all like, what are we doing? Y'all can go. Man, if you're here for the first time, we welcome you. We usually have our whole system of doing things, but sometimes it's good to throw the system out. Where our heart is, if you're here for the first time or watching, man, that you feel like home. But I really do believe, hear me, that God has something for us this morning. I feel like some of us have been just sitting in this moment of discouragement, sitting in this despair and hopelessness of asking, what is the point? I don't understand. I thought, God, you told me this and I feel like I'm here. What is going on? Have you ever been there? God says, hold on through the donkey mission. Because what you don't know is that while you're walking through what seems insignificant, what seems meaningless and pointless in your life, I am actually on the back end over here working and setting things up that you have no idea of. That is our God. Ah. Our God is one who is working on our behalf even when you don't see it, even when you don't feel it, even when it looks like everything is on the out. He says, I've got a plan, and I'm not going to be detoured. <sighs> Listen to this. First Samuel. Do you have that, Scott? First Samuel 9.1. It says, there was a wealthy and influential man named Kish from the tribe of Benjamin. And he has, he was the son of Abiel and the son of Zeror and the son of Bekorth and the son of, I'm butchering their names because I really can't see them that far from here, from the tribe of Benjamin. And his son Saul was the most handsome man in Israel. He was head and shoulders taller than anyone else in the land. He was Mr. Tall, Dark, and Handsome. But this is where I want to get to. 
in verse 3, you may not have this, God, but in verse 3, it says, One day, Kish's donkey strayed away, and he told Saul, Take a servant with you and go look for the donkeys. So Saul took one of the servants, and he traveled through the hill country of Ephraim, the land of Shalisha, the land of Shalim area, and the entire land of Benjamin. But they couldn't find the donkeys anywhere. And I began to ask God, I, probably about four to six months ago, I can remember the Sunday morning. I was at home. I was listening to worship. I had read through some of the New Testament. And I was looking at stories of people who were impacted by God and had these amazing moments with Jesus. And the Lord just dropped in my heart and said, you know, there was these moments that these people were walking through that they thought were just gonna be like every other normal day, just another insignificant day that I'm walking through. But little did they know that when they came in contact with me, it would be a defining moment that would change the trajectory of their life. And I remember getting up on that Sunday morning, probably about four or six months ago, and, and I shared that and I said, I don't even know what that means, but I know God is saying something. And I believe God is saying there are seasons that you have walked through that you felt like are meaningless and pointless. You feel like, God, what is the point? You told me I would be here and I feel like I'm here. How long is this process supposed to take? God, I've moved away from everything. Where does this fit in the plan? And God says, I'm sending you on a donkey mission. And I find it interesting that Saul's father, Kish, who was a wealthy, influential man who probably could have went and primed, Amazon primed a few donkeys back. You know what I mean? He had the money. He had the resources. He could have maybe put up in town a lost and found scroll looking for some donkeys, got a reward. But he sends his son on a journey. And can I tell you that God will send us on a journey sometimes to go look for some donkeys and it feels like what the heck is the point? The truth is these are actually something we need to walk through and go through. They're powerful and we need to go on them. Because in this, it's a time of wandering and searching. Anybody ever been there in your life? where you're wandering and searching. I think about you guys. God moved you from a beautiful home, right? Don't even know the half of it. Two years in, three years in, how long has it been? 25 years. <laughs> Two years in. And I'm sure there's probably been some times where you say, what the heck is the point of this? get diagnosed with something and you're like god i thought these were my promises what's the point how is this part of the mission that you have for me <laughs> guys this is the thing when saul gets to go on this donkey mission he didn't know that at the end of this spoiler alert in case you don't know the story he's about to be anointed king you didn't hear me neil when come over to neil I told Scott I wasn't going to walk around today, but I lied. Saul is going on what he feels like is a pointless donkey mission. 
And God says, while you feel like you're going through this pointless season, this hard season, you don't know that I'm already setting you up for a promotion and to be king. For you isn't that what he says i have a future and a hope set up for you oh you guys are gonna have to help me this morning and so i'm, I'm kind of a nerd when i read the bible i don't think any words are wasted mark you know what i mean like i feel like they're there intentionally so i'm like okay if he's walking through this land and he goes through ephraim what's the big deal about going through ephraim you know i mean like he could have went through samaria i don't know they all interchange and different names and all that but I'm like what's the deal about Ephraim and I have slides and don't worry about it Scott I know I've gone all over but when he gets to Ephraim guess what Ephraim is it's actually a mountain range it's a mountain range it's full of ridges and in valleys and plains you ever feel like you've been walking and through some mountains and the mountaintop experience ain't always exciting and happy. There's some sharper edges. There's some times you may lose your footing, right? You may fall back. And then they go through the, also through the land of Shalim. And that actually means the hollow of your hand in Hebrew. It's the lowest point in your hand. So you ever felt like when you're going through a, a season and you're like, I feel like this is one of the lowest seasons I've ever walked in my life? And then I, I find this interesting that during the rainy seasons, when you go through Ephraim and Shalem, Ephraim, because of the mountains and, and the valleys and the plains, there's no outlet. So if it rains, guess what you got? A nasty marsh. You ever feel like you've been walking through what you feel like, God, where are you? You're walking through and you're like sludging in the mud and every step is hard to take. You ever been in a marsh and it just feels like you're getting pulled back down? Disgusting. And I feel like God says, that's where some of you feel like you've been right now. And God says, but what you don't know and what Saul didn't know is that I'm working stuff out on the back end over here. I've got some promises that you've been holding on to that you thought I forgot about, but I am setting some things up. Oh, so exciting. All right, listen. To go on a donkey mission, though, I told you I'm kind of a nerd. So I'm like, Lord, when we go on this donkey mission, man, you had this purpose and plan for Saul. We know that he's about to be king. We know his story if you've read it. But, you know, Saul didn't know that. And guys, can I just segue for a second here? God has a plan for each of our lives. Now, they may look different, but God has called you to greatness. Teenagers in the back, God's called you for greatness. God's called you to make a difference. Do you, we have the living God on the inside if we are believers we have God who lives on the inside, who is great. How can we not be made for greatness? Now, your greatness may be making a cure or a billion-dollar product. I don't know. Or your greatness may simply be finishing high school. It may be going and getting that degree. It may be raising your kids and saying yes to God, that I'm going to raise them the way God wants me to raise them. That may be your greatness. I don't know. We look and we compare and we get competitive and ugh. But God has something for all of us. So here's Saul. 
going to find some donkeys. And I began to ask the Lord, because this is what I do and when I'm studying, I'm like, so what's the big deal about a donkey? What if it was an ox or a sheep or a turtle? I don't know, you know, like, what, what's the big deal with the donkey? Because I don't believe God wastes words. And God said, when as I was studying, he said, I feel like these, there, there's more than four truths, but I feel like these are four truths when we go on a donkey mission. That the reason why we get sent on, because usually with these donkey missions, they feel like they're not relevant to what God has promised us. How many of you maybe have a promise of your children getting saved, right? If, you, if we're parents and they're not, you're like, yes. And then you see them doing everything else but going that way. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're like, uh, hello. God says, oh, they might be on a donkey mission right now. But I'm working things on the back end that you can't see. You may say, my health right now. God, what's going on? God says, I'm putting you in place. I know what I've got working out. Dreams that you have. God says, I've got it. <sighs> All right. So listen, can we look at these four truths really quickly? Do you want to jump in at all? I've hijacked it. Sorry. Our first step to when we, before we can get to greatness, guys, is first, donkeys represent humility. Mm, how about, want that word, right? They represent humility. The journey of humility is where we have to learn it's not all about us. Some of us in here, we are self-sufficient. We're not the all-star. It's not about our ego. In the story of the donkey mission with Saul, Saul is a, well, let me, before I jump into that part, donkey missions, I love this. It says, even more than great missions. How many of you guys have ever had somebody you admire? And, you know, maybe it's a celebrity or, you know, a preacher, or, you know, whatever, a, a sports star, whatever. And, and you admire them. And you're like, man, you know, I love to have that. But it kind of feels unattainable, right? When we go on donkey missions, because all of us have gone through wandering and searching, it actually makes us relatable. When I can come in and say, man, Tara, not just your great moments, but the moments that you were actually vulnerable where you said, man, this is what I had going on in my life. This is an area that I struggled. I'm like, ooh, I, I kind of have that too. And God healed me. Well, I think God, God wants that for me. We can actually relate. There brings this connectivity. So I love this. So in Saul's story, he is with his servant. He gets sent to go look for the donkeys and his Donkey mission takes three intense days. Some of us, it may be months. Some of us, it's years. That you may feel like you're on a donkey mission. I can remember RC has, Pastor RC has shared several times about his story of Florida being kind of his donkey mission. Like, God, what was the world did you bring us to Florida for? And it was a place that God did open heart surgery and gave him the vision for where we're going, Bethesda. And I told him, I said, that wasn't my donkey mission. My donkey mission was after. When we moved back to Charlotte, we were going to go start a church. I'm like, I've been to Bible college. I, I finished that. I've been ordained by two different churches. Like, now we're not even serving in any kind of form of ministry. Like, what, God, what the world are you doing? Like, 
Hello? I felt like I was riding the donkey that had the carrot out in front, and every time you got close, they'd move it. You know what I mean? Some of you don't, but that's how I felt. And so I'm like, that was, and I'm like, Lord, we, and we went to a great church and we're like, you know, you kind of like let it slide. Like, Hey, you know, we, we've been like associate pastors. We've youth pastored. We've served in like every, in nursery. I've changed diapers for two years. We did it every Sunday morning. I was saying on the praise team, I can't play instruments, but you know, like we're, we're putting out our resume. We're kind of a big deal. You know, like you don't know what you got. Hey. And they said, man, you know what? You can go. Um, at the end of service, come about five, ten minutes, come into the kids' area, get the stickers, and you can do checkout. What? Do you not know who you have? No, I'm just I didn't say that, but I probably thought it. They're like, RC definitely thought it. <laughs> We're being truthful here. And you're like, have you ever been in that season where you're like, um, this is a little blip beneath me? God, like, do you not know who you have here? And God's like, oh, you need to learn some humility. You're going to go on a donkey mission to learn that it ain't all about you, sweetheart. That there's some things you're going to have to learn how to want. And I love the story with Saul. So here it goes. Um, if you guys have that, Scott, I think it's um, Second or First Samuel, and it goes in around 7. It says, then Saul said to his servant, because this is, let me set it up right here before we jump into the scripture. Saul is on this journey. He's taking his flights. He's ready to go home. If you read a little bit above this, he's ready to go home. Like, he's done. He's like, listen, my mom and dad can get some more donkeys. I'm done with this mission. I've had enough. I'm out of supplies. I want to go home. And his servant says, listen, I think there's a man of God. There's a prophet named Samuel. He's like, maybe we can go and ask him where the donkeys are. Okay, like, Samuel is a prophet to the nations, Okay, like we have to understand this. And this guy's like, go ask him where your donkeys are. That's like me going to like the head of, you know, so, uh, not, um, secret service and be like, can you help me find my dog? They're like, no. You know what I mean? Like, this is humble. Like, I'm at the end. Have you ever been there where you're like at the end of yourself and you're like, ah? And I love that the servant says, listen, there's a man of God that can help you. Some of you need to hear, there is a God who can help you. Stop being self-sufficient. He can help you, and he wants to. All right. So then they go, and this is where we're going to pick up. He says in verse 7, Samuel said to his servant, but look, if we go, what shall we bring the man? For the bread in our vessels is all gone, and there's no present to bring the man of God. What do we have? And the servant answers Saul again and said, look, I have here at hand one-fourth of a shekel of silver, I will give that to the man of God to tell us our way. Here's a man that comes from a family of wealth and influence, and he ain't got nothing. God knows how to bring us into humility sometimes. We think we got everybody's answers, and we need to be relying on God and others because others sometimes can help unlock things in our lives. And so the servant says, listen, I'll cover you. I'll hand you the shekel. So, quarter of a shekel. They didn't have a whole lot to give, but they had something. They're like, we got, this is what we got. Here it is. So listen, one thing is humility. Number two, and let me, before we jump there, we need to realize we don't have it all together. We need God and we need others to help us accomplish our mission. Number two is endurance. But that's a fun word. How many of you are like, I am in the battle of endurance right now? Anybody? 
Man, endurance. In Hebrews 10, 36, it says, For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. God doesn't just want you to endure. He actually wants you to enjoy his promises. He wants you to enjoy what he has for you. And can we just be honest for a moment? We want the fast and easy. I had a video clip, and they might not be able to play it, um, but it's from The Lion King. And uh, this is one of my favorites. I, I know everybody's views on Disney. I'm not endorsing Disney. But this was, a, I, remember, I wasn't a Christian when I watched it. Let me just put it like that, okay? But I still remember the song. And there is this portion where he says, I just want to be king. And he's this little cub. He ain't ready to be king. Like, he don't even know what it means to be king. And he's singing. He's like, I just can't wait to be king. And he's, they're, they're trying to create this little plot. And some of us, we want this great moment, right? We want this moment of greatness. But we haven't learned how to endure could it be on your donkey mission God's trying to teach you endurance? Because what happens when you get to the moment, guess what? Saul needed to learn some endurance because there are some battles he was going to fight when he, raised, when he was in his moment of greatness. And if we don't learn how to endure, we end up being like Matthew 13, 21. It says, yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, Immediately he stumbles. Guys, when you go on a donkey mission, we have to have endurance because you will find suffering, you will find adversity, and you will find tribulation. Anybody say amen. When he's searching through the land of Ephraim and Shalom, there was times he was going through the very hollow, the very valley. Sometimes he was getting hit by ragged things. Maybe it was the rainy season that he was in the marsh. There's some adversity that you're going to have to learn how to walk through. We think when we come to Jesus, hey, all my problems are all gone. It feels really weird not to have shoes on right now. We think when we come that he's just going to put everything in peace because he's the prince of peace, right? But he actually says, when we come to him, guess what? It puts a divide. It puts us at odds. We need to learn how to endure in him. And through situations, it brings character and perseverance. It's not a fun word. I was thinking about this. This is not towards any age. So if you're in here and you're 90, all the way down to the young. We have become an instantaneous generation. And I think I had a slide up there, but on there, it was a picture of a dark room. Now we can just take a quick selfie, right? You can pull out your phone, take a picture, bam, it's right there. But photographers, when they would do pictures, and some of them still do this, they would have to go and they would have to go into the dark room. Some of us have never gone into this place to get developed. We've never sat and soaked in the presence of God. We've never sat and soaked in his word. And we just want things to happen. And God says, you need to learn to endure and go into the place and soak with me. And just let me work some things out. Let me bring those colors up. Let me take that. Let me work those things out in you. So if you're in your donkey mission... Maybe he's wanting you to learn endurance. Guys, nobody gets to true greatness without endurance. You can hit the moment of greatness. 
And if we look later on in Saul's life, we actually see that there's some things that fall to his demise because he doesn't endure the word of God and he begins to do things on his own. Go ahead and break it in. No, I was just thinking while you were saying that, that, you know, so often we're the highlight reel generation, right? Like all we want to see is the highlight reel. I don't want to watch the practice. I don't want to watch the workout. I don't want to watch the, 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 the banged up shoulder, the banged up. I just want to see one-handed catches, juking people. Right? You know what I mean? Give me like, the shot that melts all my fat away. Yeah, like we, are, we love highlight reels, and they're awesome, right? Like how many of you guys will watch uh, the sports highlight reels to catch up on? All you'll see, guys, is the great moments right? But all the boring moments, all the plays that went nowhere, Ben, those aren't on the highlight reel. It's only the spectacular things. And sometimes we can condition ourselves and actually believe that everybody else is just having highlight reel moments. And we're just drudging yard by yard. But the truth is, it's not all highlight reel moments. See, what, and you know, I'm kind of the guy, when I watch a game, whoever's supposed to lose, that's usually who I go for. Has anybody else got a heart for the underdog? You know, if somebody's like, hey, man, the Eagles are going to, I'm like, I'm going for the, I'm just kidding. I'm not going against the Eagles unless they're supposed to win, and then I'm probably, because that's, I have a heart for the underdog, right? Is anybody else like that? I, I, and and the truth is, man, um, when you would only expect highlight reels, when you only expect greatness from great people, like, and then they don't perform great, right? Like, Eagles fans are crazy. Anybody watch football? That, like, that. Robin's man. like, yo, I'm going to get you after. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm not picking. <laughs> you want to pray for the Eagles before the day? Uh, so we're, we're family, right? Like, but, man, how many of you guys, you know, when, when you expect greatness all the time, and then it doesn't go great. You watch fans turn on their team in the middle of the game, like, boo! You, you know, you're like, wow, score a touchdown, and everything goes like, hey, yeah, those are my guys. Those, those are my guys. And it's, yeah, Cowboys fans. Uh, We're starting to war. Uh, this just went off the tracks. I'm so sorry, honey. But it's like, I think if we're, if we're not careful, we'll begin to judge an insignificant season wrongly because it's not filled with highlight reels. Okay. So we have to learn to endure. Number three is on our journey, donkeys also are about peace. So I think on this peace, we're on a mission to find peace with God and in God. We, you, if you're here at Real Life or you guys know we love, my pastor RC loves Hebrew and by proxy, I do. So the word shalom is not just shalom, hi, peace. This actually means completeness, soundness. This is going along everything that you were saying this morning, Neil, that he wants to make us whole. There's nothing lacking. You know, it's easy for us to, um, it's without deficiency or lack. And it's easy for us as people to look at our deficiencies, right? It's easy for us to say, well, dang, Tommy's got it going on, and I guess I'm not like Tommy, so, you know, I, I have this deficiency. I lack in this area. And we begin to judge one another. No, stop it. Stop it. But 
He wants us to come into shalom, into a place of complete and soundness. And it's having peace with God and in God. This is where I know, you know what? When I'm in a donkey season, I'm a child of God. My donkey season when we were in, um, in Charlotte, I got to the point where I, I told you, I'm like, we're not doing ministry. I thought that was what you had for our life. I've had words, promises, prophecies, all these things. And God, none of that is coming on. Like, what is the point? What are we doing? And I got this heavy revelation. Are you ready? Take out your pens and papers. Write it down. It's going to change your life. I'm going to love God, and I'm going to love people. I'm going to love God fervently, fiery, passionately, with everything that I have. And I'm going to love people, not just Christians, all people. So you know what? When I'm at work, I'm looking, who can I bless? God, who do you got for me? When I'm out at the store, who do I need to go just pay something forward and bless? Man, I was the best team mom on my boys' football team. We prayed. I'm over there. We were running down the sidelines. You know, I mean, like, I'm bringing oranges. We're going to, you know, like, I'm going to be the best that I can be. And I literally, that became my mantra. And for some of you guys who work around here with me, you'll know. When things get stressful, guess where I go? I'm going to love God. And I'm going to love people. That's it. The rest of it can fall in place. But you have to learn how to find peace. Because listen, if I'm looking for peace, if I'm looking for wholeness, if I'm looking for soundness, if I'm looking for something to complete me, it is God. If I'm looking for my husband to always complete me, which he does an amazing job. But if I'm looking for him to always be like, babe, you're the best, hon. Thanks so much. Whatever. Guess what? Those are temporary words. It only fills you temporarily. But when God says, you are my beloved daughter, you're who I love. That has lasting and longevity. That he's eternal. Ah, I, I remember, and I, I stole this and I've shared this before. When did God say Jesus was his beloved son? Do you remember the first time he says it? When he was getting baptized at the river. Again, heavy revelation here. Change me. And this was actually this year. But it was a, like a light bulb went off. Before Jesus ever stepped out into ministry, before he ever stepped out into greatness, guess what God said? That is my beloved son and who I am well pleased. And some of you think, once I get to my great moment, then I'll find peace. Then I'll be whole and complete. No, you won't. It's when I have my deficiencies and lack and when I'm a messed up and I can come to God and he says, you are my beloved daughter. Come on. I love you. I'll work those things out of you. <sighs> All right. Thank you. All right. Number four. <laughs> Number four. Next one is You're serving. my favorite preacher. <laughs> and lastly, donkey missions will purge our heart for service. When's the last time you've seen a donkey riding in on a horse? They don't, they don't ride on. They get rode on. And can I tell you, when you're, sometimes when we're on a donkey mission, he may be wanting you to learn humility. He may be wanting you to learn some peace or endurance. Or he may want you to learn how to have a serving heart. This ain't even just about ministry. It may be serving your spouse. It may be serving your children, kids. It may be serving your parents. When you're at school, when you're at your work, 
Do you know when I was at my jobs, I did everything unto the Lord. Like, I'm going to make my mark. They're going to know I'm a believer because I'm going to work for, I'm going to do it unto God with joy and gladness. And, and I'm going to come in with a good attitude. I'm going to work my hours and not sit back and log, lollygag or whatever. Like, I'm going to give my best because I'm going to do it unto the Lord. Oh, you guys don't know about that. All right. But listen, remember in Saul's story, Kish, his father says, Saul, I want you to go and grab a servant. Saul could have maybe went on the journey by himself, or he could have like sent a couple other servants. But Saul grabs a servant who is nameless. Pastor asked me, he said, Jenny, we were talking about this and uh, working on this, this message. And he said, I wonder how many of us are okay to be the nameless person in someone else's greatness. That's what I said. I was like, mm. how many of us are okay, Jeff, when you're getting blessed and God starts paying off your debts and, and all these things great are happening and Tara, you guys are over here and you're like, man, why isn't God doing that for me? No, Tara and Ben would be amening. Yes, God, do it. When Do we celebrate what God's doing in other people's lives? When we're in the donkey mission, are we getting frustrated and angry? Well, why is God doing that? I've been going to church longer than them. I go on Wednesday night. I'm over there serving on a serve team. Oh, but no, they're getting blessed. I'm just saying. We need to learn how to serve others. It is not about us. Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve. <sighs> All right. And then, Neil, you can come. It'll give hope. This is not one of the four truths, but I do really think this is important. We're landing the plane. And I'm so excited about this series, guys. There's so much we're going to unpack in this. But donkey missions require patience. Everybody go, because that's how I feel about that word. How many of you guys ever watch paint dry? Okay, we were here during the week of Christmas in the new year, and thank you to everybody. Does not it look good? Some of you guys didn't realize we painted, but um, Thousands of square feet were painted over that week. And I know there was a lot of you guys who couldn't, you had to work or not, you know, we're still traveling. But we're sitting here waiting for paint to dry. And I'm like, if you start painting too soon, it's tacky and it comes off. So I'm like, you know, I'm like, we don't want to be here to 10 o'clock tonight. Like, let's move it on. Patience is hard. I can remember one time in my life praying for patience. And I have told the Lord, and I reminded him this morning, I will never pray for patience again unless you specifically tell me to. <laughs> because when I prayed for patience, Miss Diane, Lord, um, everything was challenged. We like the fast pace. We love the highlight reels. We love the fast forward, right? Zoom, now on your direct TV, you can pass through those commercials. Woohoo! Thank you, Jesus. Have you ever got the promise or your call or, or what you feel like God's telling you? And then you begin to try to make it happen on your own. Been there, got the whole bunch of t-shirts. In our donkey mission, you have to have patience, which will bring about humility, endurance, peace, and serving. 
And I wonder with this, as we're closing, Saul gets to this point in his journey, if you read the scriptures, where he actually, he runs out of supplies and he says, I think we need to go home. If we keep staying here, my father is probably going to start worrying not about his donkeys, but about me. I'm ready to go. How many of you guys have got to that point? Like, I'm done. I'm leaving. I'm checking out. See you later. Bye-bye. Stay in the donkey mission. Because this is what happens. Saul and his servant get to where the man of God is. Okay? They get to where Samuel is. Listen to this. It says, Now Samuel took Saul and his servant, and he brought them into the hall and had them sit in the place of honor among those who were invited. When did they get invited? They were, these people of influence were invited when Saul was on his donkey mission. Oh, wait, 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 wait. It's going to get good. And Samuel said to the cook, bring the portion which I gave you, of which I said to you, set it apart. So the cook took up the thigh with its upper part and he set it before Saul. And Samuel said, here it is, what was kept back. It was set apart for you. Eat. For until this time, it has been kept for you since I had invited the people. So Saul ate with Samuel that day. When you're in your donkey mission, don't give up. Saul was ready to go home. He was ready to quit. He was ready to say, this is pointless. It doesn't matter. I don't want to walk through healing. What's the big deal? What he didn't know was right around the corner. What felt insignificant was going to become a defining moment. And God was preparing and setting things apart. God already had the people invited of influence who needed to be there when the declaration went out that he was going to become king. He already put that piece apart for him to eat. God is already setting things up. Don't give in. I want to run. If you look in the natural, you're like, what's the big deal? You don't know where things are at in my life. You don't know what situations are going on. You don't know the calls. You don't know as soon as I got everything paid off, my business started slowing down. You don't know right when I thought my kids were making the turn, I got a call and they're going crazy. You don't know. I feel like I'm on this mission. I got this job. Now I'm in a dead end. God, what's the point? And God said, oh, hold on, baby. I'm setting some things up over here. You don't know. I've already set a piece apart for you. I've already got it cooking. I've already got a place of honor for you to sit. But God says, don't despise your donkey mission. I'm teaching you some humility. I'm teaching you how to endure. I'm teaching you how to have peace with me and in me. And I'm teaching you how to get ready to serve. So this morning, if you're in your donkey mission, do you know Saul could have got, will you give me two more minutes? We're at 11.55. Saul could have gotten frustrated and angry. And I feel like there's some of us here today, 
you're frustrated and you're angry. God, why'd you make me move? Why did you change this relationship? What? And Saul could have got angry at his father. Saul had a life. Like, you know, I mean, (laughs) he was an older man. He had a life. But he humbled himself and went on the mission. And we have to protect our heart because we have as people expectations of what we think God is gonna do and what he's gonna say. And sometimes our expectations and what we see don't line up. And in that place breeds hurt. So can I tell you, if you're in that place of anger and frustration or bitterness, and some of us, you got ended up in a donkey mission, not by your own doing, but because of somebody else. Maybe it's because your spouse ain't doing what they're supposed to do and now you're in a donkey mission. Maybe somebody that you loved went away and now you're in a donkey mission. And it's easy to get hurt and to get angry. Can I encourage us today? Take it to God because this is what happens. This is what we do. When we get in those places of frustration, when we get in, when we don't understand what's going on, when we take our eyes off of God, when we don't allow him to work these things through us, we turn and we go away from him. It's just natural. Can I be really vulnerable? I was on a call. We do uh, this next level relational network and we're going to have one of the guys with us in February. I invite you guys, man. It's going to be awesome. But I was on this call with other women who husband's pastor they help co-pastor whatever and we were doing this thing called freedom and I'm like I know this how many of you guys are like I know this Jenny you can raise your hand it's not gonna hurt my feelings you know it like I know this I teach it I told them that I'm like I've already heard this we teach this I know this and they were laughing then why am I a blubbering mess because there was this point that we were coming through that one of the donkey missions I thought I'd been healed from in my past reared his ugly little head. And I was like, and I remember telling him, I said, I don't want to walk back through that. Nope. And I said, I've already forgiven. And they said, you have, I'm sure you have, but God's wanting to take it deeper. because of abuse or because you felt like you had no voice. It created you to be a certain way. And I had to come in and still allow God to break those things off. So I can be free and whole and in completeness, that I can have peace with God. And the lady said, she said, I think you need to forgive God. I said, I wasn't even a Christian when that happened. I mean, I knew there was a God, but you know, I'm like, I don't hold that against him. They said, no. And I I, I volunteered to go first, stupid move. That's just who I am. I thought I'd break the ice for everybody else. I was regretting it. Said, you need to forgive. You need to tell God exactly how you felt when he didn't meet your expectation. 
like, I felt alone. I felt unwanted. I felt unloved. And she's like, you keep going. Every, everything that comes to mind, every expectation you'd think he didn't meet. We run to him, not from him. And when I can take that anger and that frustration and I can take it to him, he's big enough to hold it. And he says, thank you. Now let it go and let me heal you. Now let me pour in my love. Let me pour in who I am. Let me pour in who I say you are. Let me pour in that every time you felt that hurt, every time you heard those words, every time that fist came, I was there with you. Let me take out the lies that the enemy has built a stronghold in your life, that you don't have to be self-dependent, that you can actually begin to trust me. letting you know my journey this is why it's important to go on donkey missions it's important to run to him so this morning can we just take a moment you may feel like this is another 2024 well this moment hasn't happened before but you get what I'm saying this is another Sunday morning or is it is it just another moment for you when did we lose coming in with expectation? The enemy has so shackled our feet together and bound our hands and we're looking down because of weight and God says, I've, unlight, I've unleashed you, I've unlocked you. Will you look up and see what I can do? Can you see that I can take the pain and the garbage of your life and I can turn something beautiful that what you feel is insignificant? I am making things happen on the back. You're almost there. You're almost there. Don't give up. Can we stand? I want to take just, it's 1201. So if you have to leave, you got to go to work. I dismiss you. I love you. Bless you. But for the rest of us, can we just take a minute here? Where are you at in your donkey mission? Maybe you're not on one right now. You'll be on one soon, I'm, I'm sure. Maybe you're frustrated and angry. Maybe you need to come and repent for those feelings. Maybe we need to come and ask God, I've had these expectations, will you help me? God, will you heal the hurt? Will you heal these things? I give it to you. I'm telling you, God is wanting the best for you. But there is a process that we have to walk through. And it's coming to him. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never giving your heart to Jesus. Can I tell you, it's the most amazing thing. It doesn't make your life perfect, but it can make it whole and it can make it complete and it can give you joy and it can give you hope and it can give you comfort. That's our God. I'm gonna ask our prayer team to come. Can you just play or sing for just a minute? Can you just examine your own heart? The Bible says that we need to examine our hearts. And I may pray as you're doing that. If you want prayer and you want someone to agree, I when I went through this in my freedom group, the girls around me, we began to pray. I said, I want this stronghold broken in my life. I, I, I see it. I don't want it. God, I repent of it. And I want this thing broken. And I had people standing there with me. Guys, there's part of humility. We can't do it on our own. Taking your shoes off, I know it's an embarrassing feeling, right? Sometimes God, he doesn't always care how you feel. <laughs> he wants your wholeness and your healing for you. 
Let's take a moment. You know, but right before we transition, and, man, I, I feel the love of God so strong in this place for you guys. And, you know, I, I think there needs, needs to be a little res- restoration. Saul didn't know that God was setting him up for a blessing. And I think Saul's thinking the whole time, man, what's the point? He had no idea that God was working in the background. I just want to tell somebody here today, you don't see what God's doing. You don't see what's happening. I just want to tell somebody, God's God's working in the background. God's working in the background. You know what? It redeems every donkey mission. And it redeems every painful season when we can just believe God is working in the background. God's working.